You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So let's say in this tshuva we're talking about today, we have the chassidim with their propaganda and with their points, were able to push away the jobs that other shayachim had already had. They were able to come into a community and take away the parnasa of people who were already established there. This, of course, is a very serious issue. Uh, we, it's one of the arurim that we have at the end of Sefer Tvarim, being masigvu reyehu, which is, I'm already here. I have a parnasa from this. These are my customers. These are my clients. I'm already the shoichet that's known in town. And then a person comes in and through, whether it's Lashon Hara or not, and it doesn't even have to be engaged in Lashon Hara to knock the other person off, but just the fact that they're offering themselves. And even if they say, well, I'm not trying to say anything bad about the other person, <laughs> these are my prices, etc. That's also uh, a, an Isser from the Torah and an Aurur from the Torah. There's actually, you're considered cursed if you do this. That's called being Masig rule. There is a Sugya in the Gemara and Kedushan, uh, that refers to even someone who um, doesn't even have, let me explain it better, somebody who doesn't even have uh, a position yet, but has already planned for that position. Someone who isn't necessarily has that job, but has the sights on that job. And that's called the idea of oni ha So there's one thing when you've already got the parnosa in the town, and you've already getting your livelihood from it, and this is your position. And then someone comes and either opens up, and it could be a business as well. We've talked about that in the past here in the Shiur. Uh, it could be coming the Rav, the, the, not the Rav, the Rav also Chayach Hasogas. We'll talk about that. We, there's a famous Chuvah about that, about opening up another Shul. But here the question was these new Shaykhdom were coming in on the wave of the power of Chsidis was about. And the, the fact that it was an upgrade, but all but taking away the parnasa from these other shaykhtim who already already had positions there, and even if the position was not a hundred percent guaranteed and it had to be renewed, but if they were there first, if they had their sights on it first, and you somehow realize where they're going and you leapfrog over them then that is called also, that's also, that's called, there's an oni, mahapet b'charorim. Now let me explain what that means just briefly. It's, it's, it's it, you know, there's a lot of terms that are um, bigger than their literal meaning, but are entrenched in their literal meaning. For example, one of the most impressive terms everybody knows when they start to learn is the idea of psikoresha v'loyomus. Right? When you do an action, uh, um, you don't mean to do a malacha, you're not thinking of it, but a malacha will always occur. It's called a psik resha. We know that uh, if, if you drag the chair, you know you're going to make grooves in the floor, you see what type of floor it is, that's a psik resha. Okay, assuming that it is. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. I just gave that example of where uh, something would be awesome. Now, the word psik resha doesn't mean making grooves in the floor. The word psik resha literally means a head is cut off. So it's, 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 it's borrowed from the idea that if you cut the head of a chicken, of course it's going to die. It might flop around a little bit for a while, but eventually it's going to die. 
You know you're doing this act, which you know will eventually end to its death. So don't tell me you just were trying to cut its head off, but you weren't trying to kill it. In the same way, the idea of Ani Mahapach Becharora takes the example of a poor man. Let's say we had many images of this, people who saw the sights of what so many poor people were going through during the time of the Depression. And they were waiting for this charoro. They were waiting for this cake that was a little bit singed that the richer balabos would throw out. And he's waiting for it. He's waiting at that window. Similarly to where you have these images of people in the, I used to see it in the, um, in the old Little Rascal shorts, where they would be so poor and they would go to the windows and Mrs. Crabtree, whoever it was from the women, they would bring out a, a pie and they'd put a pie on the windowsill and the panhandlers and the hobos, and the people would come by zeroing in on that pie. Well, in, in Chazal's time, it was just a charora. It was just a, a, it was a hot piece of, of, of bread that was so singed and, and burnt a little bit that people sort of like were throwing them out. And here's an Oni who's waiting for it. He knows this window is where he's going to get his scraps. And then someone else tries to jump on that. It's called a Rosha. Oni Mahapach Becharora. They're like Marie Antoinette. Let them eat cake, you mean? Yeah. It's the same thing. They make, you're they right, make you're right. A, These are statements, Henry. You're right. These are statements that, that are bigger than their context. But the point is they're still entrenched in their context. Which is, hmm, the the poor guy, he doesn't have a contract with the with the old lady who throws out the pieces of bread, but he discovered that first. And this is where he's been at. And you know that he's there waiting. So even though you could say, well, it wasn't yours, I didn't take it from your pocket. But if you know someone is waiting for a position and has already made efforts to be there before you, and then you decide that you want, you can get it, and that you make a better case, and all of a sudden the person forgets about you, the Gemara in Kedushan says, you're called a Russia. So now, in this case of the Shaykhtim, it seems like the way they acted, going into a place where the position was already held by someone else, and even though there was a question who was going to get it for the next year, or whatever, that was definitely taking advantage of, of, of information that another person had already. And therefore, may, whatever their, they felt their case, that they were superior, they had clearly elbowed somebody out from the job. And the, look at the way the Alter Rebbe deals with this, the way Rav Shner Zalman deals with this. He says, Now he uses the Pusik, of course, that and again, one of the differences of what we're doing than just taking out his safer on Shulchan Aruch, which is a masterpiece. And I spoke about that uh, a little bit last week. And, and obviously, uh, we need to see everything in, in terms of what he wrote to appreciate even these responsum. But one of my purposes here is to live within the responsa. And in the response itself, you see he's a leader. He's using the terms of a leader. This is, of course, what God said when he, when he uh, revealed to Avraham Avinu his plan to destroy Sodom. So 
the Alter Rebbe, the Rebbe writes to the person who's asking him, he uses those terms. He says, I know you hold of me. So, can I hide from you? You're one of the people who, who believe in me. I've already said it to everyone around here. So you see he has an august position. And he's, and, and he's, he's speaking with that august position idea that, look, I, I definitely have to tell you what I've already said. Our movement has developed. And because of the upgrade in Shechita, and even perhaps the, 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 the campaign to accept our approach more than others, which the Rebbe himself, through his charisma and, and ideas, was probably a power pack for pushing. He says, there's been more shaykhtim now. Mitsuka itim. And part of it is because people want them. And also part of it is because there isn't that much parnosa going around. So therefore, the, the chassidim are raising their own shaykhtim. And they are, now, they are now penetrating into areas that were not, were not always their stronghold, Hashem Yirachim. And they're going to places where they're being masig gvul reyehim. They're being masig gvul, the non-chassidim, that were already there shochtim. So if there would be nobody there, the Rebbe would be happy. But they're getting the positions at the expense of doing the Yisr of Hasogaz gvul. So now the question is the following. Question is clearly, can, since it's clear Hasogas Gavul occurred, does that mean we shouldn't eat from this person? Does that mean the Chsidim and the others who are living in this town now should realize that it's like they're it's like a mitzvah above Avera, you're eating the Shrita, but look how look how your Shochet came to the job. And maybe the Shochet seems to be guilty of stealing the job away. What does that do with the what does that do in terms of trusting him? And does that relate to the food itself that he's that he's that he is now producing? Yeah, but Rabbi, if if, if they have better standards to do Hasidim, then you have to take that into consideration that it may be more kosher. Yes. But on the other hand, they have they in terms of the laws of Shrita, it's probably a better Shrita, even from the Alta Rebbe's perspective, than the original Shochet that was there. However, in order to get that job, that person right. did an Aveira. So that person is a that person is a sim, seemingly is a Balaveira. So can you sure. trust this can you trust the Shrita That's now? Right. Sure. So what does the Rebbe did say? He says, Asher ki afgam. Afgam she'ein. Lifsal shchitosan mishuras hadin. We can't say that their shchita is possible. Why? Didn't they do an avera? So he tells us, shahachoshud v'davrechod enochoshud. We know in halacha that even though you find that the shochet has done one Easter, that doesn't mean that you think that he's now is uh, worthless. The fact that you caught the Shochet in an Isra, and of course this happened all the time. Hilcho Shechita is some of the most elaborate halachas that we have in Shulchan Aruch. And the reason is, is because there's been a wealth of responsive material and other writings about it, because it happened all the time. 
And they always discovered a Shochet who wasn't, even before the campaign against the Misnagdim Shochtim, there's always been Shochtim that uh, went out to get drunk or something else to happen or they caught him playing cards. So now the question is, does that ruin his shechita? Is he is he choshud, or someone who shechts, even if he's not the actual shochet of the city? But then you discover that he wasn't so nizer in a certain mitzvah. So let's say they found that he wore shatz. So does that mean that that you can't trust him now in terms of his shechita? So the halacha is if you're choshud v'dover echad. You're not choshed on everything else, and you don't. True, you you don't you're not going to buy a you're not going to buy a jacket from him because you see that he'll wear shotness and maybe he'll sell you shotness. But that doesn't mean that he will sell. I'm sorry. Doesn't it depend on what the avera, the level of alosase or the ase is? Yes, it does. Now remember, if he's machal shabbos, so that that puts him in a completely different level. Then he's considered halachically like a non-Jew, and therefore it's, it's tantamount to Avodah Zorah. But if the Isra is like I said, he ate that he was caught wearing shatnes. So does that mean you can't eat his meat? So he said the halacha is that it's not. The fact that a person is choshud, that he has done an Avera without doing a public tshuva, and he hasn't yet you know, expiated that sin, that doesn't mean the other things he does, you can't trust him. A choshu v'dover echad is not choshed for other things. And especially, ma'ga me'isr ka'al v'chomor. Especially here, as much as you're called a rasha for stealing the job, it isn't actually, and this is a question he's saying, it's not as bad as eating treif and feeding treif to people. It's wrong, but it doesn't have the isr level of actually giving people tarfus. So even if the, it's a, he admits that he stole this job, that doesn't mean that you can therefore halachically not trust his shrita. You don't say the shot in one is the shot on the other. Chazal are always worried about what does your behavior in one place indicate in terms of your, the, the big picture. The Gemara speaks about, of course, in Bav Metziah, often, if a person is choshed to, and this is the whole question, if you think he's lying, why do you make him take a shvua, right? If he's lying and he's willing to keep money that doesn't belong to him, what does a shvua help? So the Gemara is constantly dealing with the fact that in people's minds, there's a hierarchy of what's usher. And the fact that in one area, you suspect that he might want to keep money, but to actually take out a safer Torah and, and, and say God's name in vain, he's not choshud. So we know the being choshud for one Avera doesn't make him choshud for the other. So he says, so now the Alter Rebbe says a Kiddush. So that would seem that we could eat his Shechita. He says, This halacha, do you trust him, is only where he is in Shulchan Aruch, happens to come here and shecht now. And he shechted for himself, or he happens to shecht for you, because you need a shochet. But when you get a public position, it's different. We know, the Gemara says in Chulun and Daf Yuches, 
that when a person becomes the tabach, the shochet of the city, the level of responsibility and what we expect from him is much higher. If according to the Gemara, for example, although, and we're going to find out why it changed, in the time of the Gemara, a person who becomes the tabach, a normal person who shechts, and he's not the shochet of the town, he happens to be passing through, and he happens to know how to shecht, the city doesn't have a shochet, for example, and the stranger passes through, and he happens to shecht a number of chickens. So, <laughs> you're allowed to eat his shechita. You're allowed to eat his shechita. And the reason is, is based on a rove, that if he's shechting, he probably is okay. But when someone isn't just a, 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 a itinerant person passing through, he is the one that the community has given the. Um, he's the one that the community has given the, um, the 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 role of being the shochet of the town. The Gemara says that if you want to be the shochet of the town, you need to show your knife consistently to the chacham of the town and show him that you're able to 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 be sensitive to any flaws in that knife. Now, obviously, a person isn't going to um, use a knife that has flaws in it. If a knife has pigimos in it, it, can, it, can, it makes the food novella. So why does he have to show that to the rub of the city? Don't you trust him? He understands what's going on here. But we find in the Gemara, the Gemara actually had a takana that you have to show your knife to the Chochem. In fact, the Gemara says that if he refuses to, if he's the Tabach, if he's the Shochet, and he refuses to, we're actually going to put him in Cherem. It's one of the things that he could be placed in Cherem if he refuses to do it. Now, why is it, the Alter Rebbe says, that we are so worried about that? If you are the Shochet, you need to prove who you are. And if you don't agree, we, we excommunicate you. He says, the Rambam says the reason is, is because we know, especially when someone's in a, like on a, an assembly line type of mode where he has to shecht often, it's very, very difficult to sense any sorts of flaws in the knife. It's very difficult to sense those flaws, Right? It's, it's, it, and it's not because, and because he's doing it so often, and because it's so difficult to be able to sense those flaws, that's the reason why he needs to show the knife to the Chacham. Because you need another person involved. Now, okay, so as the Alter Rebbe continues, he says, what's the reason why we're, we're so machmir for this communal shochet to show his knife and to prove there wasn't any flaws in the knife. He says, it's not because when you become the, the shochet of a city, you need to show great honor to the man who gave you the position, the rabbi. The reason is, is because we assume that the rabbi understands the halachas and can be your partner and overseer to make sure that you, as the communal shochetes, are not doing a problem. The problem is, is because, as, as the Shulchan Aruch explains, if you take a look at it there in Sif Yudches, it is very, uh, Simen Yudches, 
the reason is, is because it's the sensitivity that's called for to sense a flaw takes a lot of concentration. And when, when you bring the rabbi in, you bring the chacham in, it's because that will help ensure that the man doing the job, we give kids tests, as you know, we give kids tests because we know they'll be serious when they realize they have this artificial situation that they must be tested. So because of that, because of that, so therefore what's going to happen is, is that it's going to, you, you have a better uh, possibility that, and, and probability that the knife was perfect. But it's not, he says, because if you don't show your knife, you haven't honored the rabbi. So again, he says, he says, the chash is not because the kovat because the truth is, is that it can't be. He says that we know there is a law about putting people in cherem for being insulting to the rabbi. But that's only if you insult the rabbi. The fact that you didn't show him your knife is different. Even if, even if you didn't stand up for the rabbi and you didn't necessarily honor him, but you didn't insult him, you wouldn't be able to be subject to any sort of cherem. So, obviously, showing a knife, even if you want to say it's to honor the rabbi of the city, is only something to honor him. So not showing the knife is clearly, why is it that the, that the Gemara says it's so homer will put you in cherem for not showing your knife. You're the shochet, you didn't show your knife, you're going into cherem for not showing it. He says the reason is, is because we are worried about the kashras of your knife and it takes a tremendous amount of concentration and Yerushamayim to check a knife properly. So, if that's true, he says, if that's true, that um, that you could actually, you really don't need to show, the Alter Rebbe says now, that the, the Roshner Zalman says, really, even though the, in the time of Chazal, they showed it to the Chochem of the city, you really could show it to anyone who, who knows what they're doing when they're watching you check your knife, as long as they understand it. It, do, it doesn't have to be the rub of the city. Now, why was it that the Minigan in the, in the Gemara was to show it to the Chacham? That was to honor him. But really, the, the Takana came from, and the reason why we're so machmer about this was because we wanted to have an extra set of expert eyes. But not that we, it wasn't about the Rav of the city. Okay, now, this halacha in Shulchan Aruch, it says, we don't do today. We don't go with our knives to the rabbis anymore. Even though the Gemara speaks about it at length. The Gemara, the Rosh explains why that, that happened. The rabbi got very busy with many, many other jobs and things he was doing. And the rabbi knew that there were people at the slaughterhouse who could do it just as well. There were people over there and the Rabbanim were mochel there, that position, to people that, and that's why, as you know, you need to have a mashkiach who checks the knife. So there are mashkichim who check knives at, at these at Empire and any of the big slaughterhouses. 
And the reason, even if, the, if even if it would be in a city, now empire is in Mifflin Town, Pennsylvania, which doesn't really have a rabbi, but even if it would be in Chicago and other places where it did happen, and there'd be the rub of the city, the Shulchan Aruch says that the Rabbanim, the minig of the Rabbanim is to be mochol their kavod to the mashkichim that are on site. Yeah, but they don't have the Yerushamayim and, and the ethics of, of the rabbi of the town, the emotional, the emotional sensitivity and something which you can't measure by not only lambdas, he's, he's a lambdan, and he also has a, a, a Yerushamayim. Right, right, right. So they need to have, they need to have a, a, a uh, uh, that's true, they don't necessarily have that, but we assume that these mashkichim are mashkichim in the best sense of the word. We assume, I might have to, I'm going to, you know what, I'm, right. Okay, so, um, why is it, so Hanach is right. Obviously, uh, uh, if the Rav is the big Yorishamayim, he'll make sure that the checking of the knife is done properly. However, we make sure, Hanach, that the mashkich, we make sure that the mashkichim who are involved are mashkichim who really know what they're doing. And the reason why um, they are set up as mashkichim is because they have expertise in checking knives. Now, and they also can make sure that the shochet is concentrating and the extra set of eyes and the, and the understanding, it could all happen at the shlachtais. It doesn't need to happen at the, the, the Okay, now, so here's the big Kiddush, though. Um, we know the man is working more than just for one animal. He's doing consistently. And we know that when you're in a position like this, you need more oversight. But it's more than the fact of the amount of animals he's shechting. It's also something else. Based on the dark emotion, quotes the Rambam, the Ramo quotes the Rambam, the Alter Rebbe says that, and this, that we need more than what we expect from a normal person. When you become a, 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 a communal person who's the shochet of the town, we can't just say, hey, I don't know who you are, but you have a cheskes kashras. Let me explain a little bit better. You don't know somebody and you walk into a restaurant and there's a person wearing a yarmulke. There's no reason to assume that you don't need, to, you don't need his credentials. He's kosher. Every Jew has a cheskes kosher until you know differently. Mm. And especially when it comes to shechita, there was an a, 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 a attitudinal understanding that people who are sitting there shechting know what they're doing. They're not some sort of, uh, you know... Uh, some sort of kook who doesn't really know the laws of shechita and is going out there, you know, and trying to shecht. That's a chazaka of a cheskes kashrus. 
However, when a person becomes a mamuna, Chazal elevated that. And the, the Alter Rebbe, quoting the Ramo, who founded in the Rambam as well by the laws of Gid Anosha, the Rambam says by Gid Anosha, which we know is a very difficult thing to misery that the backsides of the animals, they needed to do something called nikur. You've probably heard about that, where they need to extract all the sciatic nerve. It's very, very hard to know how to do that, to extract the sciatic nerve. In order to be very careful in it, you have to be, it, it, it took a, a lot of work. So the Rambam says, in order to be that person that is the community's menaker and the one who provides the meat, you have to be an adam kosher which means it's not a cheskas kashras. We need to know about you. We need to know from your life and from your activities, from observing you. It's a higher standard. So in other words, what the Alter Rebbe is saying is that it's not about the covet of the rov that we expect things more when you become the shochet of the city. It's because when you have a position that you're giving, that you are the established person in that town, and now you've taken that position, you, the demand is higher for you to continuously prove your props and that you are on the level that we can trust you more than someone else. So that means, as the Rambam quoting says, and the Ramo, you have to be known as an Odom Kosher. Let me say it better. The fact that you ate, wore shotnays or ate trafe once on your own or, or doesn't mean that we hosted you, you're going to feed other people trafe. Or the fact that you, you, know, you, were, you, just, you, walked, you, you handled muktza once doesn't necessarily mean that you're a real machal Shabbos for us, that we're not going to trust you on your food, that what you feed us. But, but once you are an official uh, have an official position in a city, then you need to be an Adam Kosher for us to use your, use your food. Now, can you be an Adam Kosher if you stole someone's job? The Gemara says that a person who takes someone's job is called a Russia. Mikre Russia. You have a right to defame that person and say what you did was wrong. You've done evil. Hare harasha ain't no adam kosher. The ain't no yare Hashem. How can you call a, 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 a person who did this an adam kosher? If he happens to have shech, if he was an itinerant fellow who came in once in a while to shech, you could probably eat his meat. But for him to be the established shochet of the town, he can't have this on his record. He's called a Russia. Now, if it would be if it would be a question about can you trust him on let's say something else, um, so uh, you know if you came into if you came into his own house, for example, uh, would you be able to let's say eat a sandwich from him? And is it truma or is it meiser? Let's say in the time of Chazal that there were trumas and meisers in the time of the Mishnayos. You could, trust, you could trust that he took off Truma, even though he had once stolen someone's job. But he's not an Adam Kosher. And therefore, if he's not an Adam Kosher, even though he's not a Russia, he's not someone who you don't trust at all. But you cannot be a Russia and an Adam Kosher. He says those are two opposites. 
If, if when you become the shochet of a town, the demand is to be an Adam kosher, and that's the reason why you have to show your knife according to the din and the Gemara, the way it happened. Eventually, you, you're so mehan, the, the boat, the, the mashkichem at the plant or wherever it is, but you still have to be an Adam kosher. You can't be an Adam kosher and also be a guy who stole someone's job who you become a Russia. So therefore, Alta Rebbe says, I heard about Isaac. He gives him his name, Isaac. And Isaac was one of the group. Isaac was one of the chesidim. What does he want to do? He wants to be, he took, he wanted to take away the parnasa of the one who was known as the shochet in the town, Shmuel. I want to tell you now, if that's what it is, and Isaac seems to have gotten the position. He seems to have elbowed his way into the position. And he's shechting already for people. This is what I'm telling my Hasidim to do, the Alter Rebbe. He's saying, and he, he says, Anash. Anash is the term for Anche Shlomenu, the people who are at peace with us. Anash, even today, means people that are part of Chabad or part of Hasidus. That's in Chabad language, Anash means they're with us. That's the Anash. So the Anash, Hashomen Li, if they, and they do listen to me, and the Rebbe knows he has co-opt to them, you need to stop the situation from the way it is. But here's where you see the velvet gloves. So first of all, he's telling his chassidim that this cannot be. You can't have this as your shochet because a rosha can't be not kosher. But what I need you to do is to talk to him as well. I don't want you to just say, the Rebbe says you're finished. You need to speak to him and do more than that. What else do you have to do? Laharos michtavai. You have to show him my letter. Show him the letter. Show him this letter. It's important for people to see, not just to hear it from, you know, the Rebbe says you can't be the Shochet anymore. Let him see the letter the way I wrote it. And also, Lifros Bishmi Bishlom but also to go to the rabbi, the one who was probably connected to the original Shochet. I need you to go to that rabbi and to tell him in my name, the rabbi probably was not a follower of the Alter Rebbe, but I want you to go to him as well. What's happening in the community, of course, is that the chassidim are, 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 as I said, encroaching. And they've already got their man. And, and maybe he's already shechted. The Rebbe here is trying to diffuse this. And he says, look, our shochet, even though it's our standards, he can't be, our, he can't be the shochet for you the way things are now. Because what he did was an act of rishus. Rishus and Kashrus can't go together. Now, I need you also to go to the Rav of the city and talk to him. Now, 
you need to apologize on my behalf. That I didn't write to him. Now, I, I, Kivalevich has a question here. Why is it that he didn't write to him? You know, why didn't he write to the, the Rav of the city? I don't know. He gives an answer here why. I don't know him to be able to talk to him. Now, this, I think, reflects what was going on at the time. The, he was obviously known already as a, a tremendous halachic mind. Hasidim were, uh, were, he was charismatic. He was powerful in his, in his ideas. Hasidim were already coming behind him. However, he still realized he, that there were people who were on the other side of Hasidus. And he didn't have the, the, the ability to speak to them. He didn't have the relationship with them. And therefore, he felt that he couldn't write directly to him. But what I want you to do, since you live in the town, is I want you to ask him as well. I want you to partner with him. I want you to partner with the, that rabbi that he should also be involved in this because the situation involves everyone here. It involves, you've turned to me since I'm your Rebbe, but it, I, I've already told you my chassid, Isaac, cannot be the shaykhet because he got the job in this way. And therefore, and he needs to step down. But I also want the rub of the city, who's not from the Hasidim, to see what it is, and we're going to try to deal with this. And what we're going to try to do is get things correct. Hashem, who is the embodiment of peace, should create peace in your town as well. So as you see, as we, the Rebbe was not trying to create a revolution to push that rabbi out. He wasn't going to say, well, my people made it. In fact, it bothered, and he knew it was halachically incorrect to take advantage of the situation and take away someone's parnas. And he realized, now, how were things going to work out? Was the other shochet uh, going to change his standards? Did his standards need to change? Well, the Rebbe is doing his part, which is not allowing his person to have the position with that sort of flaw in his, in, in his, in, in his whole uh, position, which is the flaw of somebody who got the job through what's considered um, underhanded tactics. Okay, so that's one place. There's another Shiloh here, which I also want to deal with, which is What was going on? There's another city. This city, once again, has a misnagid, a non-chosid as the rabbi. And what's happened? What's happened was, is that a chosid has become a shochet there. And the chosid, of course, is shechting according to what the Magad of Mizrich had already pushed. 
And the Alter Rebbe as well explained how important it was to use the special type of knives forged in that new way of metallurgy, metallurgy to, far, to forge the knife in a way that it's going to be sharp and smooth. But the Rav is one of the Misnagdim. And there's already been uh, Xeros and Haromim coming out from the Misnagdim camp, not from the Vilnagon himself, but from others who say that we, do, we aren't going to use this newfangled way of these knives. We're going to use the old way of knives, the way we've always been doing it. Now, in this town already, the Shoichet has the job. The Rav is from the Misnagdim. The Rav is not necessarily a rabble rouser. We're going to find out that the Rav actually knows that Shner Zalman of Liadi is an incredible halachic mind and is a posik. However, what he wants is that the Chosid should bring him his knife. In other words, in order, and, and show him how he shechs, in order to get Kabbalah. He wants Kabbalah. And then you don't have to show me the knife all the time. We already learned in the last tshuva that that minak has stopped. We let the mashkichim at the, at the slaughterhouse check the knives. But in order to begin your job, you need a Kabbalah. The Shulchan Aruch speaks about this as, and the Ramos explains it, that the Minigan Ashkenaz was to have a piece of paper that was signed by a Rav who saw you shecht and saw what you can do. And you have Kabbalah from this Rav. That's called having Kabbalah. It's not Smicha, it's Kabbalah that you know what you're doing in shechting. And once you have Kabbalah, you can get a job as a Shochet in, in, in many places. Now, when this chosid becomes the shochet in this town, the rov is not a chosid. The rov says, I, I'm not saying you can't be a shochet, and I know you're a Talmud of, the, of, of Shner Zalman, but you got to get Kabbalah from me. All right, he says, I'll get Kabbalah from you. But then the rov said to him, but you got to use the old-fashioned knives. And if you don't use the old-fashioned knives, I'm not giving you Kabbalah. And what's going to happen is I am therefore going, and that's what occurred. He said, and if you don't, if you don't change knives, then I am going to put a cherem on you for not getting Kabbalah from me. That was the story. So Alter Rebbe says, all right. So Rosh Zaman says, it sounds like the whole issue is that he doesn't want that, that he's not fulfilling what the rabbi of the city wants. So the Rebbe, Schneer Zalman says, this that he says, that you need to get Kabbalah from the rabbi of the city, the Kabbalah you have from some other rabbi is not enough, but you need to get Kabbalah from the rabbi of the city, you have no right to put a person in the for violating that. In fact, if you look in the Shulchan Aruch and Simen Aleph, you'll see from, he brings from the Taz and the Ramah that they speak about getting Kabbalah or Shechting in front. See, obviously you need to have someone else who's seen you do it. It's not about checking the knife. This is about, are you a Shochet? You need to have done it in front of someone else. 
Now, who is the person you're doing it in front of? The Ramah says, Yerachkocham, that's mumcha behilcho shechita. Now, the Rambam says, Yerachkocham. Now, Chacham could mean, if you just say the word Chacham, it doesn't just mean a smart guy who can go on and make a blog or write an interesting article. A Chacham means someone who is, if you just have the word Chacham, you take it to mean the greatest understanding of it, which is someone who is, 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 is sholate on all areas of the Torah and is a is a is a is a, is a, is a but the Ramah writes, So normally you would have said, he's a Chocham in everything plus Hilcheshchita. But the Alter Rebbe learns it, he says that it's actually the opposite. The Chochma that he has is only, is only in Hilcheshchita. If what we wanted is the Rav of the city, the one who's involved in paskening Choshen Mishpat questions, paskening about uh, Shreifus, paskening about who owes money to who, paskening on the mikvah. That's a Chacham. The Ramah says you have to be a, a, a Chacham, a Mumcha v'chacham behil cheshkita. So that sounds like a Chacham, a Mumcha behil cheshkita means maybe only in Shkita. And he brings another Raya from the Ramah's cousin, the Yam Shoshlomo. The Yam Shoshlomo speaks about a boy. The question was, can you give, uh, can you allow a boy less than 18 years old to be the Shochet of the city? Even though he seems to be, knows what he's doing. So the Yam Shoshlomo says, well, if, he, if, if he's less than 18 and he goes to the Baal Hayra of the city, he shows up to the Posek, that's good enough. So the Alter Rebbe is Medayik. Mechval, that let's say he's over 18, you don't need the Baal Hayra. A Baal Hayra is the, is the rub of the town. If he's less than 18, you need, you need more to put this person in the position. But over 18, where you think he's already concentrating more, he's not a wild teenager, he doesn't need the level of getting from the rov of the town to get Kabbalah from. Now, one of the most important svarim, I don't know if you've heard about it, one of the most important svarim in uh, uh, Shrita is the Sefer, the Tvuas Shor. And, this, and it was written by Alexander Sender Shor, and it's considered the handbook for Shochtim. And it, it, in the Tvuas Shor, which every Shochet needed to know, and there was two sections to it. There was the actual pure halachos, and then there was the explanations of it. It's the simla chadosha, it was called, which is where you had the pure halachos. And then it was uh, appended and, and, and developed by Alexander Shor's Hezbeirim. This was the standard book that Shochtem had. The Alta Rebbe knew that. And it had been standard for over 150 years by the time he was writing this. So approximately, I think it was in the 1618 or perhaps maybe it's a little bit later, the Tuashor. So the Tuashor writes that um, that it's it's a it's it was a cherem that was mentioned by Rabbeinu Gershon all the way back in in France and in, then eventually in Germany 
And then it was developed, uh, um, mentioned by the Maram of Rutenberg, that you gotta get Kabbalah from the Rav of the city. Alter Rebbe says, I have proofs that even though the, the Tua Shore mentions it, he's, it did not spread. And he says, first of all, the Ramah, when he talks about the Minag of getting Kabbalah, meaning of getting a, a piece of paper that you went through the test, he quotes a Rambam as a source to that. Why didn't he say the Ramah knew about Ashkenaz? Why didn't the Ramah say that all over Ashkenaz, you've got to get Kabbalah? And you've got to get Kabbalah from the rub of the city. Why didn't he mention that? So the, the, the Ramah, when he talks about this minig of getting Kabbalah, he doesn't quote the Rabbeinu Gershom's mm. Takana. It must be that it didn't spread. In certain places it did, but it didn't become Ashkenaz custom that you've got to get Kabbalah from the rabbi of the town. Whoever you get Kabbalah from might be good enough. But the idea that the rabbi of the town has to give you Kabbalah is not true. So this Shochet, who, who had already gotten Kabbalah, the rabbi of the town says, no, you got to get Kabbalah from me. So the, the Alter Rebbe, Roshner Zalman says, I admit that there's this idea in Ashkenaz to get Kabbalah, but it doesn't have to be from you. And even though it's found in Rabbeinu Gershom, I can show you from the people who try to justify it, they don't quote this original old Takana. Despite the fact that the Tuvu Ashur mentions it, I don't think he's right. Otherwise, these Achronim who lived before the Tuvu Ashur, like the Ramo, would have said, of course we do this. We all follow the Takana Rameinu Gershom. We don't marry two wives like Rameinu Gershom's Takana. We don't give a woman a divorce unless she, uh, unless she agrees to it. This was a Takana that didn't work. The Alter Rebbe mentions if you check that list, there's a number of things Gershom wanted to do and his rabbis wanted to do, but it didn't spread. One of them was to demand everybody to always give 10% of everything they have to tzedakah. It's, it didn't spread. You, it's a minute to give 10%, but it's not a chiv on everybody that every from all the money they make, they have to put away 10% for tzedakah consistently. There is a, it's, it, 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 it wasn't a takana that applied com- completely. And this thing also never spread. So therefore, here's the point. The rabbi had no right to say, you're going against the law by not uh, me, for allowing me to give you Kabbalah. So, really, if the rabbi says, I'm putting you in Cherem, the Shochet could have said, you have no right to put me in Cherem. In fact, I'm putting you in Cherem. The Gemara in Ma'id Cotton says that if you try to put someone in Cherem for the wrong reason, he has a right to turn around and tell you, hey, no, you're doing, you might be the rabbi, but you're only allowed to put someone in Cherem for something that's considered a Cherem offense. If the offense is not a a cherem offense, you can actually turn around and give back the back it to the other guy. Now he didn't do that to Shochet. He wasn't such a, a chutzpinak. But if he didn't, so it's true. If he would have refused, clearly, and here's the point: if he would have refused, 
clearly, and he would have said, I, I'm not accepting what you're saying. The Alter Reb is saying everybody could have eaten this shechita, including the shochet, because the rabbi overstepped his bounds. However, what happened in this case? What happened in this case was he was quiet. So if he was quiet, and that's what happened here, um, he didn't say amen. So that means he accepted the fact that the rabbi is not letting him, in a sense, use his meat. But, first of all, all of that, all of that, all of that would mean is, is that um, he agrees to stop shechting because the rabbi is against it. But it doesn't mean that whatever he shechted cannot be eaten. And even if he said, I accept what you're saying, rabbi, I'm wrong, he could have gotten three other people Three dayonim, or even if they're not such tamid chachamim, to be matir that cheirim, and that's if you look in the halachos of where all this is written. The Rebbe says you'll see that's true. So the food that he shechted, you don't have to worry about. And then he says something else. He says, from the way I heard it, the only reason the rabbi says that he wanted him to come is for him to own up to the fact that he's got to use the old-fashioned knives. He says, I don't want to write about this. This needs careful, as we saw last week. You, you can only do this face-to-face. So I don't want to write about this. Then people will take what I wrote here and misinterpret it. However, what I will say is, is that, um, that um, I, I think that the rabbi has no cause for the cherem at all, because halachically, the old-fashioned knives are not as good as the new knives. And therefore, the cherem, and even if the, the, the shochet was a, a modest person and didn't want to have a fight, it seems that the people would be able, as you're going to see in a minute, to eat the food. Because he says, even if he doesn't get a, a heter for what he accepted, the meat that he shechted up until this point, and even meat that he continues to shech can still be eaten. And other people can still eat his food. So therefore, the Balabatim believe the rabbi has gone too far. They know the shochet is, is doing the right thing. He's a good shochet. There are people who have testified to his, his capabilities. Also, nobody heard him say that he accepted the cherem. He never. He just. He just was quiet when the rabbi called him and said, "Hey, you better do this, or I'm not. You don't get kabbalah from me." So therefore, he says whatever the bezdin said about him. They said he has to come and show and, and, and get kabbalah from him. Um. And he also said, but if you keep on using these knives, I'm never giving you Kabbalah. So the Alter Rebbe says, they can't make such a Gzeira anyway. There's nothing wrong with the Shochet. He knows the laws perfectly. 
you're incorrect, and I don't, he says, I don't want to get into a debate with this rabbi about this, but he's incorrect about the, the efficacy of these knives. So therefore, clearly, to Asr the Shochet, and to say his food can't be, to say that, that people shouldn't be able to eat from stuff that, he says, it's a terrible hefzid for the people of the community. As the power the rabbi has to say, I'm against what goes on here, um, it's a, he could conceivably invoke the rabbinical power to say, because of the power of the community, this food, I, 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 I am against the way this food has been produced, and therefore the, the food itself is usher. But he needs to say that. If he didn't say that, all it means is that he's upset about what the shochet did. He never made a against the food itself. And generally, he says, I'm not even sure if he has the power to do that. But he didn't do that in this case. He's a, he, he, he doesn't like what the shochet did. Okay? He doesn't like what the shochet's doing, the type of knives. I don't think he has justification. And I don't believe that the food is usher anyway. And I also believe that the shochet can just go to three chachamim and say, I was quiet before, but I didn't mean to accept it. And the shochet can go ahead and still do shechita because he has Kabbalah, despite the fact that the rabbi of the town is against it. So over here, the, the Alter Rebbe seems to be exacerbating a bad situation. Because he is, he, is, he is showing that the rabbi was out of bounds in terms of what he wanted to do. So this would seem at odds to what we saw before. So the, the reason why it's not, if you look at the very end of the tshuva, we'll end with this. He says, I'm only answering it in this way because the rabbi of the town, although he's a misnagid, said to someone to ask me. The rabbi himself said, go ask your Rebbe. And the rabbi said, according to what I've heard, that he will accept what I say. So now, as you can see, the velvet gloves pushing it forward. Um, again, in the first tshuva, he realized that um, he was dealing with someone who had not yet recognized him and someone who wasn't going to necessarily kowtow to everything the Rebbe said. And he was very conciliatory and actually almost taking the other side. Over here, the Rebbe knew that the Rav, despite the fact that he was against what the Hasidim were doing, recognized the greatness of Schneer Zalman, or Schneer Zalman, and said, look, if he writes a tshuva, I'll accept what he says. So if he says that, and I believe it, so therefore I'm going to explain it in this way. So it really, again, you need to know your audience. You need to realize your level of influence, but you also have to be brilliant and honest, honest and brilliant in terms of your use of the sources in order to give them over. The rabbi needs to know that despite the fact that in the most popular book of Shkita, it says you need to get to the rabbi of the city, and if you don't get the rabbi of the cities on board, that's not considered a real Kabbalah. Rav Shner Zalman felt that that was a mistake, 
and he and, and he's going and he proves it that this idea of Kabbalah is important, yes, but in many ways, <laughs> you're getting Kabbalah from another rabbi, or, and this is something he says in his parish on the Shulchan Aruch, getting Kabbalah in this area from an expert, who's not necessarily a rabbi of the city, but is an expert in Shechita, as an expert in the laws of Shechita, despite the fact that he cannot paskin in other ways, is just as good as any other Kabbalah. We have today a similar thing when it comes to checking for uh, vegetables. Throughout, the, throughout uh, the New York area, there are mashkichim who work for the vadim of the five towns and in Brooklyn and other places that can only be mashkichim in restaurants if they have gone through uh, the, the process of knowledge of how to find the, 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 the various aphids and ants or, or other types of bugs and worms that are in the fruits and vegetables. The people that they send them to learn from aren't necessarily poskim on every type of question. They aren't Renaissance man type poskim who could poskim on everything. They are um, experts in specific, specific cases. What the Rebbe was talking about 200, over 200 years ago, which was people were experts in that one field of how you shecht and all the laws of shechita and the way to do it, that's good enough to get a, a, a Kabbalah. You don't need to be a morei hayra. You don't need to be necessarily someone that was well known as a posek on every type of question. You're, you, you are a, um, uh, a, a specialist, an over-specialist in one area, that's good enough. That's good enough for Shechita. And today, in terms of what we know about Mashkichen, even that, that is also considered good enough. In fact, the same way the Alta Rebbe said that many of those Shochtim, of these, these experts in Shechita, are better than the average Rav. Even the average Rav who becomes a Rav in the city, many of them don't have the expertise and knowledge in that particularized area. And in order to get, quote unquote, the Kabbalah, even for Shrita, it, it makes more sense from Rabbi Schneer Zalman's a, a point of view. And I think it makes a lot of sense from, in our modern perspective to actually go to the experts in this area rather than the rabbi who's dealing with uh, questions all over the place. And he might not be as, <laughs> as sharp, pardon the, uh, the pun, in specifically the questions about checking knives and other things like that, and especially how a shkita is going to happen. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.